0: Welcome to The Practice Podcast, a show created by lawyers to help lawyers in life and business without all the complicated lawyer language. Let's welcome Bast Amron founders and your hosts, Jeff Bast and Brett Amron.
1: Brett Amron here. Hi, I'm Jeff
0: Bast. We are Bast Amron and this is The Practice Podcast. Today, we are going to talk about the duties of officers and directors in the current climate. So, Brett, we have been getting a lot of calls from small, midsize, and large business owners who are making decisions about their business. They have no revenue. They're not sure which creditors to pay, whether they should continue to borrow money, should they shut their business down. And they're really struggling with their decision-making process. And so, I guess the question to you is, are there any guideposts by which directors or officers of companies should be making their decisions?
1: Yeah, so state law will govern articles of organization, of incorporation, will also govern, depending on the state, that your business either operates in or is incorporated in. But generally speaking, there are three duties that officers' directors are required to adhere to. Number one is a duty of care, meaning acting in a reasonable manner in the best interests of the company and its shareholders. Two would be duty of loyalty, not putting yourself as an officer and director in your own interests ahead of those of the company and the shareholders. And the third is what's known as a duty of oversight under a very famous decision called Caremark that basically means that you have to ensure that those below you, those that you oversee, are fulfilling their obligations as well. Of course, we know that what's called in the zone of insolvency, when a company gets into the zone of insolvency, there's an obligation to the creditors. And what is insolvency, right? That means that if your company is balance sheet, meaning your liabilities are greater than your assets, or you're just not able to pay your bills as you operate. Those are very rudimentary definitions. But those are generally what officers directors need to do. What I always sort of look for is do the right thing. You sit down and figure out, well, what's the right thing here? Officers directors obviously have a defense of business judgment, meaning if they educate themselves, if they get advice from either attorneys, consultants, accountants, and heed that advice based upon a host of information that they educate themselves with, they can be insulated. From a potential any liability, and they can be found to have adhered to their fiduciary obligations.
0: What do you mean when you said they can be insulated? They have defenses. What do you mean about liability? Why would they have
1: liability? Again, if they're not fulfilling their obligation to shareholders, for example, right? Okay. And if there is a securities claim, if you're a publicly traded company and there's a securities claim brought by the shareholders of the company against the officers directors for, let's say, there's been a huge decline in value of the shares or of the business itself and the right. value of the business. You also have an obligation, If even if it's privately held, to, right. if it's an LLC, to members of the LLC, if it's a corporation, to the shareholders of the corporation as well. And they could sue. And you also get into the situation in a bankruptcy or an insolvency when a court-appointed fiduciary, meaning a bankruptcy trustee, a receiver, or an assignee in an assignment for the benefit of creditors may have the opportunity to pursue a claim against the officer of Directors for breach of fiduciary duty based upon damages, breaching their duty to the company and to the creditors if, in fact, there is an insolvency situation.
0: So, to be clear, and you mentioned that in the time of insolvency, those duties that you mentioned, often the duty to shareholders or owners, those duties will shift, right? The priorities shift, and now the shareholders don't have priority, and now the creditors have priority. So, right. I think because a lot of the conversations that we've been having are mid to small size businesses that aren't publicly held at least, I shouldn't say small, but they're closely held companies. And so, and a lot of directors, outside directors, have been surprised when we tell them about this potential liability that they could have liability, but that's liability to creditors. So, This topic is particularly pertinent in this climate where creditors are numbering and the amounts that they're owed are growing.
1: Well, to be clear, there's not a new fiduciary duty to creditors, but it is a duty to the company. And if you take actions which otherwise unnecessarily increase the debt load to the company or creditor claims against the company, then you may be held liable or there may be some liability for those damages for the creditor claims and the unpaid creditors. It's not a necessarily, and there's been case on this, that a fiduciary duty to creditors, meaning a creditor would necessarily have the right in some situations to sue directors and officers, but you could be responsible for the damages to the company for the creditors that have been unpaid. But this is a way that an outside director, so if you're an outside director of a
0: closely held business, you haven't guaranteed any of the debts, so you ordinarily wouldn't be concerned about running up a bunch of liabilities. Right. And so this might be a reason that really should shift their thinking. And a lot of directors just aren't even aware. We've had these conversations in the last yeah. few months, and many of them just really aren't even aware of these duties, much less how to discharge the duty. Right. And you touched on this before, but one of the main ways to discharge those duties, obviously, is being loyal to the company, not putting your own personal interest ahead of the company, duty of loyalty, but in terms of duty of care, it's really making informed decisions. And I always emphasize that informed part. Yep. And yeah. that's what yes. we're saying about hiring advisors.
1: Yes. So informed decisions are asking questions at board meetings, asking questions of your officers, you know, your CEO, CFO, COO, getting advice from outside third parties. But I know that's not always financially practical depending upon the company and i understand that but you can as a board member or as an officer who may not be involved in day to day or in every aspect of a business ask the questions get the information and educate yourself and that is where most officers and directors you know fall flat and they just listen to what they're told and they make decisions even when they sort of think there may be an issue get the advice and educate yourself as well and get insurance, right? Ensure right, uh, insurance. that there's director and officer liability insurance. Again, I understand that it's not always feasible from a financial perspective, depending upon the size of the company and the revenues. But if they have a board and they have officers, in all likelihood, there should be enough that you can get yourself director and officer liability insurance that would help cover any claim, help pay defense costs if right. there is a claim, as well as any liability.
0: But it's kind of like trying to get homeowner's insurance during
1: hurricane season. You can't try and go
0: get D&O insurance, director and officer liability insurance at a time when the company is cratering. So really okay. the advice I give to board members is when you get asked to serve on the board of a company, that's the time to make sure they have insurance.
1: That's one of the first questions. I mean, I get calls periodically from people you know, saying, listen, I'm thinking about, I've been asked to be on this board. But the first question I ask is they have insurance. I don't know. Well, you should ask that question and get the policy and review it or have somebody who knows the ins and outs of DNO insurance to review it, to make sure that there's sufficient coverage and that there's proper coverage and make sure of that. And so yeah, I would absolutely ask those questions, especially in the current environment with what we've got going on, right, with coronavirus and the pandemic. And now we've got issues with employees and employee safety and the whole movement that we've got as well with inclusion and equality and the proper treatment of employees and getting into a whole social component. There was some conversations about whether or not officers and directors of first you start with the large publicly traded companies and maybe it works its way down. Whether or not they should have a social responsibility. Right. Should there, I was gonna ask you, should there be some
0: component of that? Because most business decisions, at least at the board level, are driven by pure profit. Right. Purely economics. But do you think that is there a time when something other than economics and profit should be driving decisions? So for example, you just mentioned the employees, particularly in this climate, most businesses, ours, for example, we made the decision very early on to Go remote, and it was easy for us to do that, and that didn't really impact our profits as much as it might impact some businesses, like a manufacturing business. But some businesses, manufacturers, just to use as an example, must have had to make a decision to sacrifice profit for safety, right? And so, how does those social considerations factor in, or should they factor in?
1: Yeah, I mean, yet, but I don't think we know yet. And obviously, with the current environment, and hopefully, the movement towards more. Inclusion and equality. Hopefully, there will be some conversation around that because some would argue that the better you treat your employees, and perhaps the better your role in a community, the stronger your company is, and the more valuable your company is. Listen, there's companies that do do this for sure, and they get lambasted. Some companies, you know, and some boards, because well, you made a decision to do X, which cost the company more money and ate into the profits to the detriment of shareholders. But at the end of the day, yes, in the short term, maybe that happened. But in the long term, that may be better, right, for the company and the brand and the value. And so I don't think, I would hope that perhaps there is this shift at some point, and maybe now's the time, that boards and officers can start thinking more broadly about these (laughs) issues and not fear that there could be some impact, negative impact from shareholders, Because they want to be better stewards of the community, they want to treat their employees better, whether it be wages, whether it be work environment, all that stuff. I think we will see that, at
0: least to some degree, because there will be, maybe a few months from now, there will be shareholder lawsuits and receiver trustee lawsuits against directors and officers of companies who ultimately fail as a result of this pandemic. And one of their defenses will be, we really didn't have a choice. We had to shut down. And essentially what they'd be saying is, we put the safety of our employees ahead of the profits, even though they're not going to say it that way. But that really is what happened. That's the decision making. So maybe that will be the impetus for a shift where safety, social issues become as important. We already know it's become on level, on equal footing with the emergence of B Corp's and other socially conscious decision-making in business. But it'll be interesting to see if this
1: is a more long-term shift. Yeah, I certainly hope so. would love to see that. But it's going to take some time before you get that first case and a decision on whether or not the failure to do any of that, whether treating employees or the right. community or whatever is a breach of any sort of duty and results in liability. But maybe it's a change in the laws and maybe, right. you know, who knows? I think there's a good argument that putting the safety of your
0: employees is a profit-driven decision because it may sacrifice short-term profits, but taking care of your people in the long term is certainly going to be a much more proven
1: But But look how hard it is to move away from minimum wage or just above minimum wage and how hard it is for Different legislatures in different states to change the minimum wage and increase it, right. and why? Right. Well, I, I, I mean, think that's I, a whole. That's a different. You well know, it is, but I think that one of the considerations is: well, we're eating into our profits and short term. Short term, right? Right. It's, it's short term
0: decision making right. versus short term, right? Because if and, I
1: and I understand small business; it's a very different equation that when you pay minimum wage, there's different businesses, especially small businesses that operate on very thin margins. And I understand that, and I'm not taking anything away from that. To me, the broader scope is when you've got these large corporations, a lot of multinational, you've got publicly traded, you've got larger corporations that are closely held, that perhaps they could, in fact, and again, it's not just a wage issue. It is an overall employee issue, maybe a community issue too. But these are things that are going to have to play out and there's going to have to be a shift and it's going to have to start, I think, it's going to have to start with influential boards, influential officers, directors that are going to have to make those decisions and come out for that and say, we're going to do this, we're going to be socially conscious and not just say we're socially conscious and we're going to actually do this, here's what we're going
0: to do. Well, I think you'll see long term, those are the businesses that will survive. That common refrain was always customer first. Right. But then there is more recently a suggestion that it's, no, that's really the wrong way to approach it. If you put employee
1: first, right, the employees will take care of the customers. Yeah. Agreed. And that's where the strength and the value of the company comes in, right? Right. Yeah. yeah. And that's the way we've done it and worked so far. So far. <laughs> so far. So a topic well, that thanks. will continue to evolve. And Great uh, topic. Yeah. We'll continue to talk yeah. about it. Thank you. Thanks, everybody. Bye.
0: For more information on this show and other resources, visit FastAmron.com and connect with us on LinkedIn, Facebook, and Instagram at FastAmron.